Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am the tech editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. As usual, sitting across from me is the man we all know as senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Aloha, y'all. <laughs> Aloha. Well, ha, it ha, makes sense ha. considering what we're going to talk about. Yes, and we're going to talk about it really fast. Yeah, well, first let's, uh, let's go into a little listener mail. This listener mail comes from Matt from Boulder, Colorado. And Matt says, hey, guys, I'm a high school science teacher and have been involved in a huge battle for the past couple of years. Throughout the year, I assigned some research projects for my students, nuclear energy, sources of energy, physics of musical instruments, etc. And when the students go to the computer lab to find information for their projects, the first website they jump to is Wikipedia. No matter how hard I try to drill into their heads that is not a valid source of info, they still use it. Since you guys do lots of research, could you explain to all of your young listeners out there the dangers of Wikipedia? Thanks, Matt. Well, I think um, before we get into that, I think what we should do is talk about wikis because um, 
you know, Wikipedia is sort of a love-hate thing with a lot of people, and we'll get into the reasons why, but the wiki itself is a, a pretty useful tool. Um, right, right. You know, it's, it's <clears throat> essentially what it is, is, um, it's a wiki. It's a web page. Yeah, it's a web page, and, um, actually I kind of think of it as sort of a microcosm of the web. Yeah. Because you're creating idea. your own version of the World Wide Web. Every time you create a page on a wiki, you can link it to the other pages on the wiki, and uh, it could be on anything and everything. Well, tell you what, I got a great idea. Okay. Let's, uh, I'm just gonna take you right over here. Okay. Right? You see where I'm leading you? Right uh, to the machine over here? Uh-huh. Get into the way back. Okay. There you go. Alright, I'm done. I'll, I'll get in. Alright, I'm setting this for 1995, and we're, we're gonna travel through time and space. Because we're going to Hawaii! Oh man. Smell that fresh air. <laughs> Not like Atlanta at all. Cold, cold Atlanta. And now we're in Hawaii. And and it's great because, you know, as soon as you step out of the, the time machine, they're waiting there with, you know, decorative the lays, lays. And the, the coconut drinks oh, yeah, and the grass nice. skirts and the sea turtles and the spam and the poi. <laughs> Pardon me, I need to get a big rock and break the time machine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go back either. All right, but uh, the reason why I brought you here was to point out, um, oh, there's one, there's one. You see the bus over there? Uh-huh. You see what the name is on that bus? Uh, it's hard to make out from here. It says Wiki. Oh, well, yeah, I, I saw that part. W-I-K-I. It means it was going fast. It's an expression for quick. Oh, that explains why it was going by so quickly. Right. And so in 1995, which would be, of course, today, because we took the Wayback Machine, right. Ward Cunningham. Uh, Cunningham? Cunningham. Or Cunningham, if you prefer. I was pronouncing it the correct way. Okay. Uh, he, um, <laughs> he came up with this idea. Now, he was uh, – he used a uh, – his software developing skills and his web developing skills mm-hmm. to create the first wiki, which was his way of uh, creating an environment where a lot of people could share ideas and information mm-hmm. in a in a collaborative way um, without having to worry about everyone logging into a separate thing and then one person taking all of those different pieces and then incorporating them together. Right. That wastes a lot of time. You know, you have to re- rely on one person to take all the different pieces and and patch something together from them. So he created the first wiki, uh, and then not that long afterward, the first public wiki called the Portland Pattern Repository shows up. And uh, now Ward's wiki is still active. Yes. Mm -hmm. So you can actually even visit it. Um, It's Worldwide Wiki, isn't it? Um, Actually... No. No? Okay. Yeah, and I didn't write that down. So let, me, let me look for that real quick. <laughs> well, we, keep talking. All right. I'll keep talking. So here's Ward's idea is that uh, he thinks that if he creates this sort of a, a web environment where anyone can come to the web environment and edit things uh, or uh, upload information, um, alter things that are already there, maybe something is interesting, but it's not really pertinent to that particular discussion. It should have its own page. They could create the, the, the page for that. They could link everything to each other. Um, and uh, and it takes off. Yes. Have you found it yet? I'm still looking. Good grief. Oh, C2. C2. Yes. Okay, that's Because it's one. from Cunningham and Cunningham Incorporated. Ah, there. That makes sense. C2.com. So... This this idea catches on and uh, becomes a great way for people to collaborate and build information um, 
And it could be the the subject could be anything. There mm-hmm. are a lot of companies that have wikis, including how stuff works. We have a wiki. We do. That we use to uh, to and keep you track can't of see it. Right. Yeah, you can't, but we can. That's that's the other thing is that wikis don't, are not necessarily public. You might have to sign in in order to have access to a wiki. They're they're a great tool for uh, people to use on their intranet, where uh, they could share information with one another and update the the item. Uh, you know, have give access to everyday employees to let them update the database rather than having to, you know, have one person do that, which, you know, as we mentioned before, takes a lot of time. Yeah, you might have things like company policies on there that might change over time, and uh, or you might have, uh, um, you know, other things like employee contact lists, stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it makes it easy for someone to come in and make a, make a change. Let's say that um, you've recently moved and you need to update your address. Well, instead of emailing one person who is the keeper of the list, it might be on a wiki where you can just go in, log in, and uh, and make a quick change. I'll tell you what. Let's. Uh, I guess we. I guess we have to go back. I kicked the plug out. Well, I'm, oh, I it's also it's solar cordless. powered too. Yeah, yeah. And we're in uh, we're in Hawaii, and there's a lot of sun. All right, let's get on in. Come on, right. let's just go back to, to 2010. Oh. Man. It's tough coming back. At uh, any rate, you go on ahead and get out. I'll, I'll just clean no, up. No, come in on, Paulette. Come oh. on. We can't do that. All right. So we have this web collaboration tool that various companies and organizations start using in order to build communal um, information. Yes. Sectors. I guess you could say it's kind of hard to to put a your finger on it. Like you said, it is kind of like a, a miniature World Wide Web. Um. Yeah. It's 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 funny because it's. In a way, it's like a web page because wikis generally, especially uh, software used specifically to create a wiki, something like uh, MediaWiki, which is mm-hmm. um, the software used to build Wikipedia. Um, you can It's free for you to use. You can install it on your own website to use. Um, it has markup in it, too. Um, the way you create and, you know, add a link to copy on the page or, or uh, you know, add some information to the page is kind of similar to HTML. Um, it's, it's not exactly the same, but if you, you know, want to, uh, add a link to copy, for example, you just, um, you know, put a tag around where the copy is and add the link in there and it's ready to go. And as a matter of fact, it's a little simpler, uh, even than using HTML. Right. And you can host files and things on a, on a server and get links to it through the wiki. So, um, But, but it's not exact, it's not exactly the same thing as the, uh, as the world wide web. And it's also not as, uh, you know, real time is something like, I don't know, Google Wave. Right. Where you have, you know, a wave going on and people can make changes to it uh, at the it same time. Yeah. Uh, it's not, it, it doesn't update like that. Though I would say that Google Wave definitely must have been, in, the, the developers of Google Wave had to be inspired by wikis. It's pretty clear. Yeah, it's wiki-like. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely spawn of wiki. Spawn of wiki. But um now let's move on. <laughs> now that we kind of talked about what a wiki is and mm-hmm. that it's, you know, a communally operated and uh, maintained source of information of some sort. Mm-hmm. Let's let's sort of segue into Wikipedia itself. Yes. Now, Wikipedia uh, was the brainchild of a couple of different people, uh, Jimmy Wales and Lawrence Sanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of rose up out of the failure of another enterprise. Oh, yes. That enterprise was called Newpedia. Right. Now, Newpedia was uh, created back in 2000. And that was supposed to be an encyclopedia kind of uh, resource, much like Wikipedia turned out to be. But 
the major difference was Newpedia, Newpedia was supposed to have expert written and peer reviewed articles in it. Right. So we're talking about stuff that's written by uh, people who are recognized as experts in whatever field it happens to be mm-hmm. and that it went everything was supposed to go through a, a pretty rigorous review process. Uh-huh. The problem with that is that it's slow. Yes, it, it is. takes a lot of time to generate that kind of content, to review it, to make sure that everything's accurate and then to upload it. That's not very wiki. No. See, it's not wiki at all. It um it is however how Certain sites like How Stuff Works does things. Yes, you know we we make sure that we, all of our articles are uh, we write our articles we we research write them and then edit them before they ever go up on the site, and uh, they are reviewed. Um, for example, uh, Jonathan gets you know a certain amount of time to write an article and then he gives it to me. Well, once I've had an opportunity to you know make changes to that, basically replace all the words in there with my own. Um, yes. <laughs> He I almost made him do a spit out, take. If I had time, that just right. You always take out the word poopy. <laughs> um, once I've had an opportunity to edit the article, we send it to another editor who has an opportunity to go through and make sure that everything is okay, that nothing stands out as, uh, uh, you know, being grammatically incorrect or, or having the wrong having voice a, or having the wrong voice or a, a flaw in logic or something. <laughs> um, so, which, you know, does happen. Never in Jonathan's articles, of course. Of course, not mine. Um, I never use logic. But we we do that before it's even even published, and then we have uh, our publishing operations team uh, take the article and actually put it on the website itself. Uh, and this does not happen in a span of twenty four hours. No, this is this Just process takes... from the moment when someone gets an assignment to the moment when it goes up on the site can be usually it's right around two to three weeks. Yeah, generally, um, but. It can be longer. I mean, we schedule things out well ahead of time in order to, because we take that into account. Well, when Newpedia launched, after six months, do you know how many articles they published? Uh, seven. Too many. You, 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 you're, that number's too high. Darn it. Well, two, going for the nice, you know, lucky two, articles two articles out of six months. Wow. Six months, because the, the process was very rigorous. So, they started to uh, to think, you know, this project's going to take a really long time to get off the ground. Maybe we should look at some alternatives in the meantime. Mm-hmm. And that's when they started to think about creating a resource where anyone could come in and write an article about a particular subject. And anyone else could come in and edit that article and contribute his or her own uh, information to that article. And that became the basis of Wikipedia. Well, that, that should be really cool because there are all kinds of people who are not involved in projects that, projects like this who probably have some kind of expertise with the topics being explained, right? So theoretically, uh, you know, I could be writing an article about, say, roller coasters and a physicist may, might read that and say, oh, no, no, you got most of this right. But this one section on uh, on uh, inertial velocity is, is wrong. Let me fix that for you. Mm-hmm. That should that should be a, a good thing because that way it would be more accurate. And in most cases, it is a good thing. The philosophy that this is based on is called the wisdom of the crowd. Uh huh. So the idea being here that that if you think of Wikipedia as a resource that any human being could access and contribute to, mm-hmm. then eventually, as an article develops over time, you should get the best information about that particular subject. That is out there yes. because the people who are uh, 
doing the the research, the people who really know what they're talking about can contribute. So uh, over the long run, any particular article should be the best article that you could possibly find. Mm-hmm. There are some problems with this, though, during the short run. One is that you can have someone post incorrect information. True. Another, or false. Right. Another is you can have someone with a uh, a personal agenda come in and post information that p- that presents a particular subject in a good or bad light. Um. Yeah. You know, I've I've actually had a Laura eat slugs problem with that because I'd gone in and found uh, information. Wait a minute. Yeah. That wasn't actually pertinent to the article right there in the middle. Right. Laura, you're gross. Yes. You need, I literally have you need to gone into an out. article and in the middle of the copy was somebody essentially not, not in the, uh, internet sense tagging the article with some slur against someone else that right. had nothing to do with the article so, at all. So vandalism is a problem. Yes. <clears throat> that would be a, considered I mean, a factually form of vandalism. In, factually inaccurate or intentionally factually inaccurate. Right. Now, now, because you have a community of users who are uh, who are maintaining Wikipedia, uh, most of the time these problems will be found pretty quickly, relatively quickly, and fixed. But if you have someone who's really determined to make a uh, a mess of things, that could be an issue for a while until they figure out a way of either banning that person or uh, actually taking the article off from uh, not not removing it from Wikipedia, but removing people's ability to edit that article. Yes, uh, changes might get capped on articles. We've seen that happen, uh, particularly with individuals who are still alive. Yes, um, anyone who's still alive that that an article based on that person often will get frozen so that no one can uh, can contribute to it. So that way. If someone does have a personal grudge against that that particular individual, they can't just go in there and and uh, uh, completely um, uh, ruin that person's reputation through various slurs and insults. And uh, these things are particularly acu- um, active in cases in which, and at least uh, ones I've seen, uh, politicians. Like right. last last year in the uh, United, or not <clears throat> last year, but two years ago now. Golly, it's twenty ten already. Um, you know, the United States presidential elections, mm-hmm. basically anybody who was related to the candidates uh, had to have their profiles fr- frozen to keep people from going in and, you know, saying all kinds of things about them, you know, true and false things that, that may not be pertinent to the actual entry. Right. Um, you know, everybody involved. So, you know, it wasn't just one side. It was pretty much every side. Well, but we've seen this even through things that aren't even involved in politics, like corporations. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, try to either um, to censor oh, information yes. that is that is harmful to that corporation or to boost the corporation by including almost ad copy type stuff in their their um, articles. Yes, I'm sure that if you go to the entry for HowStuffWorks.com, you will find out that tech stuff is the best podcast offered by the site. I'm just saying I, I don't know how that information would have gotten in there if it is still there, but, you know. It, was it really there? No. Oh, I was just wondering. I'm being, I'm being funny. You never I'm know. I'm trying to be funny. I'm just I was about to succeeding. go back and look at the revision history. <laughs> the revision history is actually well, one of the things point. about Wikipedia that yeah. is very useful. The revision history does keep track of all the changes that are made to an article. So if someone does go in and commit some sort of vandalism or, you know, users notice something and they think it's a little questionable, they can flag the article. Um, it's easy enough to go back through the revision history and see when uh, that 
that a change was put in and who did it and to change it back if necessary. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of protections there in place. Um, now let's kind of get into the whole reason about why you should not use Wikipedia as a source in things like schoolwork and why HowStuffWorks.com does not use Wikipedia. Okay. There are a couple of reasons. One is the malleable nature of Wikipedia that we've already mentioned. Yes. Is that, you know, one, it's impossible to determine on, uh, on any particular day that the article you are reading is accurate and factual. Mm-hmm. Two, even if it is accurate and factual, that article may look totally different tomorrow. Yes. So if you cite an article, but then the site disappears because someone's made an edit and has removed that part of the article, your your source no longer exists. Yep. I mean, you could go through the revision history and try and find it, but that, that starts getting really kind of complicated. Yes. Um, three, it's not a primary source. And Wikipedia actually spells this out. If you go to Wikipedia and you read uh, what Wikipedia is not, mm-hmm. one of the things Wikipedia is not is a primary source. Now, what that means is that Wikipedia is not a place to publish something for the very first time. Mm-hmm. You, If you were to do a scientific study, you would not publish the findings of that study in Wikipedia before you published it anywhere else. You would have to have it published in a peer-reviewed journal or some other format before you could reference it in Wikipedia. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to publish it. If you put it in a peer-reviewed journal, they would never let you put the entire full text of the right, document right. back in Wikipedia. But so. you could at least reference yeah, the findings. You could. Now, that's... I think that alone is a reason why no one should use that in any kind of schoolwork or for HowStuffWorks.com. Just the fact that it's not a primary source. Mm-hmm. Um, usually whenever I ha- – actually thinking back on it, I can't think of a single time I was uh, assigned a paper where I was told that I could use anything other than primary sources. Yes. I could only use primary sources. Mm-hmm. Now – what that means is you can go to Wikipedia and look at the sources that Wikipedia used, the people who created that article, and track those back and see if those have merit. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, you should find that they are coming from reputable sources. Once in a while, you might come across something that was written by you know some Yahoo, and then you you may not want to use that as a primary source. Yeah, but that's that's another good example for all students out there. I mean, Wikipedia is maybe just a, a kind of like a Cliff's Notes thing. I don't like the idea of using it other than just to go to the bottom and look at the, the source list. Yeah, it's, it's extremely useful as a source of primary sources. Right. And it can also, uh, well, I wouldn't use it as a, a source for something that I wrote for publication. Um, it is useful, too, to give you an idea of a concept. I mean, if you have no, if you're assigned to write a paper on something specific and you really don't have any understanding of it, you might use Wikipedia as an opportunity to learn a little bit about what to expect when you're doing research on the topic. You can kind of do a little, uh, quick and dirty, well, you know, what is this thing about? And then once you have an idea of it, you might be able to go find some primary sources to give you authoritative, uh, information. That's another good point. Another thing that they, that Wikipedia and the Wikipedia is not folder mm-hmm. or, or uh, article rather, um, it states that Wikipedia is not meant for people who are experts in whatever particular field that article addresses. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if you're reading an article about electricity, you shouldn't have to be an electrician or someone with uh, an advanced degree in physics mm-hmm. in order to understand it. Nope. So um, yeah, it is a good introductory 
element. It's a good way of looking for primary sources. Oh yeah. Not necessarily the best if you want to cite something in an, in a, uh, an academic paper or what we do here at How Stuff Works. Mm-hmm. So I, I've often, I know that my criticism of Wikipedia in the past has come across as Wikipedia is a bad thing. I don't really think Wikipedia is a bad thing. I just think it's not, it's not entirely reliable. No, and I, I think it's, it's not really, it's not really Wikipedia and it's not the organization behind Wikipedia. It's people who go in and mess with it and people who go in to write articles that aren't, you know, factually accurate. Yeah. I, that's, I've seen articles on Wikipedia that were, just a joke. Yeah. And they were funny, but, and, and of course the, the community did the right thing and eventually took the page down. Sure. Which, um, I, I was sad about at the time, but at the same time I was like, well, if Wikipedia didn't take that page down, then the entire community becomes a joke, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. just that page because they say, well, look, we're, we know this isn't real, but we're going to let it slide. That's, yeah. that's, they can't be taken seriously if they do that. So. They made the right choice, but um, I will add too, though, that the uh, that other people are starting to take this kind of thinking and apply it to their own uh, products and services. Like, for example, Britannica.com announced uh, a while back now. Um, I guess it's probably a couple of years now um, that they were going to allow people to uh, contribute to Britann, you know, Britannica online. And you're yep. going, wait a minute, but I mean, this is like the ultimate uh, peer reviewed. Uh, high-end encyclopedia. Why would they do this? Well, they're not publishing changes before those changes are reviewed by an expert as well. So they are, they have put in that, that extra layer of, well, hey, if you know something about this, please tell us. But we're going, before we publish this, we're going to check it out and make sure that it's accurate. And Jimmy Wales has suggested that the opposite might end up being used over at Wikipedia, where they mm-hmm. might try and get experts for certain kinds of articles yeah. to review them and make sure everything is accurate. So in other words, the two different encyclopedia are becoming more and more like each other. Which is remarkable when you think about it. Yep. Um, there are other things you can use wikis for. Uh, besides just an information source, you know, people are using them to write novels. Mm. Um, and they're, you know, because they allow contributions. So you can have a, a collaborative novel. That's one of the more interesting, um, uses I've seen for wiki software. My favorite wiki was introduced to me today. Uh oh. What is it? Tracy Wilson of our, our beloved Tracy. She sent me a link to 10 word wiki. Oh, yes. 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 It's that a wiki, wiki that is sort of like an encyclopedia, but every single entry in the wiki is only 10 words long. And many of them are hilarious. <laughs> so I, I do recommend the 10 word wiki if you want to kill an hour or two looking up. And of course, just like uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> it's a lot easier to find the pop culture reference stuff than anything else on there. Um, that, that is one other thing I did want to add just really quickly. You, the, the other danger of having a community oriented, uh, encyclopedia is that you're going to get entries that, uh, that if you were to, to judge the entry by the length, like how many words are in there, you would start to get the feeling that, um, certain pop culture items are far more important to us than, say, the founding fathers of the United States of America. 
Mm-hmm. Then you do a, a search on the founding fathers and you might find articles that are few, you know, 2,000 to 4,000 words long. That's a pretty good long article. But then you look for Optimus Prime and it has over 7,000 words and you're thinking, wow, Optimus Prime must have been really important if the founding fathers of America only warrant two to 4,000 words. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, there is more than meets the eye. Uh, so I guess there's that. Um, I realize that it's not probably technically a wiki, but uh, one of my favorites – um, well, there's the encyclopedia, which is, which is quite entertaining. And I, you know, I like, uh, the Muppet wiki mm-hmm. over at uh, wikia.com, which is a hosting site for many, many wikis. Um, and, uh, I don't know that it's technically a wiki, but everything com is very, very like a wiki if it's not technically considered one. I, th- I don't think it's actually using one of the wiki platforms, but, um, those have that, that site has many humorous, uh, topics written in there <laughs> to say you would never use it as a resource. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe a resource for entertainment. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, people are using the to- the, the concept, uh, you know, of, of user generated content in this environment to, uh, you know, for all kinds of really good things. And it's just, it's fast and easy to learn and, uh, jump in and contribute to. So, uh, you know, it's, that's a neat idea. Yep. Well, Matt, I hope that answers your question. Uh, and, and Matt's students don't use Wikipedia as a prime source. It's not meant for that. Nope. Um, but that leads us to our second round of listener mail. This comes from Jamal from Delray Beach, Florida. And Jamal says, hey there, Chris and Jonathan. My name is Jamal, and I just recently discovered the Tech Stuff podcast and love it. My question is about computer processors and hard drives. Until recently, processors and drives were increasing in power and capacity at a near exponential rate. Hard drives are currently up to two terabytes in storage space and show no signs of slowing down. However, processors have stalled at around 3.8 gigahertz in processing power. To skirt this limitation, CPU manufacturers are introducing dual-core and quad-core processors. I believe there is a scientific law that explains how a hard drive or CPU would increase in storage capacity or processing power exponentially. My question is, how do scientists and or manufacturers go about increasing hard drive storage space and maintain the small size of the hardware? And why have computer processors reached a ceiling of 3.8 gigahertz? I hope my question makes sense. I only revised it eight times. Love the show. And then he goes on to say that he remembered the scientific law as Moore's law. So Moore's law is not really a scientific law. No, it's more of a self-fulfilling prophecy. And an observation. Um, and the observation was that uh, over a given amount of time, the number of transistors on uh, a chip would double. Mm-hmm. And that given amount of time has changed over the years between 12 months to 24 months, depending on when you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, the way these processing microprocessor uh, plants go is they, they find new ways to create smaller transistors. And then that's that's called a tick round. The the tick is when you find a new way to create smaller transistors. And then the talk round would be ways of uh, creating an architecture that maximizes the efficiency of those transistors. So tick, talk, tick, talk. And uh, the Nehalem processor mm-hmm. that Intel came out with was a tick round. The next one would be a talk round where they, they maximize the potential of that. Uh, we're getting to a limit just because we're getting to transistors that are so small that it's there. Another major breakthrough is going to have to happen in order to make transistors even smaller if we want to fit them on the same size chips that we've been using in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the different cores are a way of kind of getting around that. That also requires that we go about a different way of programming. 
And if I'm not mistaken, there's a certain point at which the materials inside the processor get so small that electrons begin to leak yeah, through it, them. It and uses electron tunneling, which is a quantum uh, physics concept. Yeah, and, uh, and you can get around that. Using different materials can can limit electron tunneling. Um, and it may end up being that the next step is to find uh, something that is um, is different from a transistor entirely, which sounds crazy. But then you think, well, before transistors, there were vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's unprecedented. It just would require something that we don't have enough knowledge of right now to, to say this is going to be it. Right. So it may be that we hit a uh, maybe not a plateau, but a much slower increase in power. Over the next few years, it doesn't necessarily mean Moore's law will totally go away because engineers are brilliant. They find neat ways around problems. That's what they do. So, uh, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see it stretch out a little longer. Um, although I also have predicted the end of Moore's law, just like every other journalist over the last 20 years. <laughs> well, thanks a lot, Jamal. Hope that answers your question. If any of you have questions, write us. Our email address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Chris and I always like to hear your comments. And uh, go over to the website. Read some stuff about wikis. we got an article written there by the site founder, Marshall Brain. Yep. So check that out, and we will talk to you again really soon. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sierra Leone has some of the world's highest maternal mortality rates. One nurse, Zainab, has not lost a single mother. This Mother's Day, join care in supporting maternal health around the world. Learn more at care.org slash Mother's Day. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.